Hey guys, Ben here from Session Media and welcome back to another episode of Inbound Marketing Notes. Now today, we're going to be talking through eight home truths of Google Ads and B2B marketing and ultimately trying to, one, just a few concepts which you may have not thought about before, but also trying to get you guys to think about Google Ads differently in the context of B2B marketing in general. Ultimately, the way we see a lot of people think about Google Ads is in quite a linear fashion. Instead, I want to pick it apart a little bit and look at some of the metrics you should be reporting on and reviewing and ultimately seeing how it plugs in to your wider marketing mix, for lack of a better word, um, for your inbound lead generation for your B2B brand. Now, I'm going to go through one at a time. I have a little bit of a, a side chat around each of them and elaborate a bit more on the point. But ultimately, any more questions you guys have, always as per, feel free to reach out. So the first truth about Google Ads, um, which I don't think is spoken about enough, is there is a limit of how much you can spend profitably within Google Ads in, within most B2B companies. This is especially true within tech organizations, ones in an industry that isn't that established, that isn't that much search volume for what it is that you offer because it hasn't been around that long, which ultimately means there's not a lot of people that know about it, therefore they're not typing it into search engines. And by scaling accounts profitably, I mean you can't bid on a never-ending amount of high-intent keywords because there's not going to be that many. You know, in, in B2C, you might, for example, have an impression share of 10%, which means you can spend you know, uh, in theory, uh, 10 times more and then saturate the market and get a similar return. Again, in B2B, that usually isn't the case. So there are some companies that come to us or some companies we work with and say, we're currently spending 30 grand on Google ads, but you know, there is no limit. We could be spending a hundred grand. We're looking to spend a hundred grand in the next few months to scale up, uh, inbound lead gen. And a lot of the time, they see it performing well at 30K, for example, if you're a scale-up tech brand. But but if you go to 100K, you may already be saturating the market. You may already have some wasted spend for you know campaigns which are going after more informative terms, which maybe aren't converting. Again, slightly different campaign objective, and we'll talk about that a bit later on. But again, profitably scaling accounts, making sure that we have... Um, SERP control of the paid ads for all the high intent terms again you are going to run out at some point and then your money will be better spent elsewhere so don't just think because you're going to double down on your Google ad spend you're going to get double out the other end in some cases in theory that does work but again it's not a hard and fast rule so make sure you do your research or your agency does their research before recommending um, looking at increasing ad spend especially if you work with an agency who charges per percentage of ad spend for example because it may not be in your best interest so again look at what you, what's doing well in the account look at what's ultimately coming into quoted value sales value in your crm from the keywords that are converting and then see what your impression share is and how your campaign is structured and everything else within that so have you expanded your match types and whilst keeping it quite tight with the negatives but i won't get too much into the strategy around that now but Leading on from the first home truth, which is around you can't always scale accounts indefinitely profitably. The second one is around reporting. And we see this a lot and people report in B2B via channel and in isolation. So an example of this is people report all the time and say, 
Google Ads channel brought in this many leads for a one touch point attribution uh, reporting model in our CRM. And we spent this much, we spent this much on an agency and we got this much sales revenue off the back of it. And that is a very fundamental way that we see people tracking their Google Ads. And it's the most linear way. And it's the way that it's always been done in a lot of industries. And it's the way that sort of this industry's come about. And we've had to prove month on month that there is direct response revenue off the back of these ads, which from a company's perspective, you can see the logic and it's fair enough. But what I'm saying is if you report just on last touch point attribution in Google ads, you're probably going to be missing quite a lot of data and the full picture of the impact that it's playing on within Google ads. So for example, I'd say a better way of looking at it would be looking into your um, attribution um, data and um, source and seeing in analytics which one your Google ads has helped from a first touch point basis. So ultimately that means someone may have come onto your site or typed in for us PPC agency, found our ad, uh, clicked on it, gone away, seen one of our LinkedIn ads or just written us down as we were going to be one of the people they they reached out to to pitch for the work. They come back via organic search by typing in brand or direct and then they fill out the form. That would in a CRM show a last touchpoint attribution towards organic or direct. But in my mind and the mind of the company, it should be attributed towards uh, the Google ad, for example, because that's how they discovered us. It's how they had the first touchpoint. So therefore, I'd say first touchpoint in a lot of cases better than last touchpoint. So you want to make sure you're, you're really looking at the whole picture, because if you're just looking at the people who come on and type in PPC agency, for example, and then fill out a form, then ultimately what's going to happen is you're only going to get the very few people that click on an ad, fill out a form straight away, and then convert. And again, that is a great way to get a benchmark of reporting, but you're never going to get the full picture of how it plays in to the wider um, inbound marketing mix for your company. Um, so I ultimately say, just final final point on that is, it's going to look, Google Ads is going to look the worst from that report. So at the very least, the direct response one touch point report is going to be the bare minimum of what your Google Ads is doing. That's the people that have come in, filled out a form, got the sale, very linear. It's not going to take into account the ones that have come back later on, the ones that have then funneled through into other activity, whether it's remarketing on LinkedIn or email or whatever it may be. It's not going to take those into account. So just think about it as a basis. So if you can track a you know one for one ROI just through direct response leads in Google Ads, I'd say you're in a great place to start and then thinking about how you can report smarter and leverage other channels to, to really assist it along the buying journey. Number three, one of the big things that we see quite a lot in, in Google Ads as well is not having a good enough feedback loop. So people will optimize an account around ones and zeros. So they'll say, this keyword got 10 leads this month, this other keyword got five leads. We should put more budget towards the one that got 10 leads this month. And that is done in isolation of the sales data. So you may find the one that got five leads, the sales value and the close rate of those was a lot higher and worth a lot more. But still you're going to, and then the one that got 10 leads, for example, could have all been B2C people that have slipped through the net. But because that leads there, and then they'll start leaving up to Google automated bidding and a few of the target CPA, for example, which is based around just the numbers. Ultimately, you're going to end up optimizing for more leads, but not optimizing for better leads. 
So you need a feedback loop, whether that's in the best case scenario, you know, a CRM report where you can ultimately see the keyword data and you know the quoted value, sales value from these sales teams. And then you can feed that back into, whether it's a manual upload, automatic sync with Salesforce, you can feed that back into your Google Ads uh, platform and then start optimizing for revenue rather than optimizing, optimizing for ones and O's. And it's probably one of the most overlooked um, things we see in Google Ads, optimizing for ones and zeros and more leads, but not then having that feedback loop in place to say, actually, we shouldn't be optimizing for the most leads, but we should be looking for the best leads. Number four um, of the home truths around Google Ads, and this is very much referring back to the section uh, point number two around reporting as an individual channel, and it's part of a, a bigger landscape. And we often see, like I said, reporting isn't going to give you the best chances of success, but also doing it well, yes, and putting a lot of time and effort into making sure it's structured properly, yes, but ultimately making sure it's not the only PPC effort that you have out there. People often confuse Google Ads as being in B2B the one of the only sole, um, maybe LinkedIn ads as well, but mainly one of the sole drivers of um, PPC lead gen. But they need to start thinking about it slightly more as a fluid concept. So rather than thinking about just Google Ads, for example, start thinking about how you can get your message seen by your target audience um, in the places in which they hang out. And by that, I mean... PPC isn't just a single channel for Google ads. It can be bidding on Quora ads or Reddit ads if, um, or getting in the feed in Reddit, for example, if it's a technical audience. Um, there's many places we can get in front of people and, and pay to have people consume our messages in a native format. That, whether it's uh, looking at expanding your success within Bing, again, I'd say as, as an average, we found that Bing has probably roughly across different industries, around 10% uh, search volume that Google has across maybe some slightly higher than that in industries where it has a bit more of a, um, an older audience, for example, with an older decision maker. But what we found is the conversion rate on the likes of Bing is really quite high. So don't neglect other channels just because you have a, a preconceived notion that Google Ads is the best PPC channel for your um, for your business and we see this a lot with that sort of preconceived notion that you should just be doing and spending your money on google ads and not branching out to even things like facebook right so this is really what the point for of home truth google ads should be is ppc isn't exclusive just to google ads which is what we see a lot of the time but also start thinking about how you can make it work in tandem as a multi-channel effort so people always, or not always, that's a massively over-exaggerated term, but a lot of the time we hear people don't want to use Facebook because that's not where their audience buys. And I completely agree, it's not a commercial or, or a high intent channel, but also what it is, is a place that people spend a lot of their time. So if you can join that conversation, give them messages, which aren't direct response ads, but add to the conversation, um, they're probably going to have an interest if they work in the industry. So how can you tie in use cases or thought leadership bits of content which ultimately is going to aid them in their buying journey and one of the big pushbacks we see around going on the likes of Facebook for example and using it to really enhance their Google ads um, efforts is the fact that they can't target their target audience 
from a first touch point using Facebook's targeting, which is completely true in a lot of cases. Some industries in B2B you can, but a lot of Facebook isn't great. For a new audience, what it is good at is taking all the people that have clicked on your Google ad, taking that audience, people hit that landing page, and then remarketing messages to them. Because you're not going to get 100% conversion rate. There's going to be a lot of people that don't fill in that form to get in contact with your sales team. So all those people, probably 95% plus, aren't actually going to be in that stage of filling up the form. So we need to keep that conversation going. And we need to make sure that Google then acts as a platform to qualify. So people have typed in a relevant term in the search engine. We've paid for that click, hit your website. Don't just let that be where the journey ends. And whether that's Facebook, which you can then leverage their pixel to go out and find more people like the ones that click in your ads to really scale up B2B comms, whether it's on LinkedIn, where you can layer it with your um, target personas in targeting to get really accurate, or whether, like I mentioned, it's using other PPC channels like Reddit, Quora, ultimately, where are the people, you know, can you play, can you pay for, you know, podcast ads or native ads or YouTube in-roll ads or pre-roll just to make sure that you are appearing at the point in which or in places where your target audiences are looking out or ultimately hanging out. So can we pay for attention? So paying for attention is something that isn't exclusive to Google Ads. Um, and I'd probably say LinkedIn as a secondary, people think about PPC in that term. But I think that's a home truth. When you talk about PPC budget, don't just allocate it all to Google Ads. Definitely a good place to start, but then start thinking about how you can branch out or like I mentioned, if you're spending too much on Google Ads, for example, which we see quite a lot of the time where you've hit a ceiling um, with regard to plateauing on direct response ROI, like we mentioned earlier, then start trying to allocate that spend elsewhere. You'll see it go much further. And rather than just capturing leads who are looking for non-branded products or services, you'll start using these platforms to amplify your content to the right people and start creating brand, start creating awareness. And you'll see in the long term, leads coming through your website are going to be much more educated on what you do rather than just hitting it one time and then having to be informed by the sales team. So yeah, competitive bidding, that's number five, is a complete waste of money. It's an expensive brand awareness campaign in my opinion. Instead, you should be going after people, for example, who have engaged with your competitors page, for example, or someone who has liked your a part of a group that your competitor has, has created and get informational content in front of them. Just bidding to get in front of them, unless it's a very, unless you've got money to burn or whether you're um, in one of the few, few industries where it actually works. If that person hasn't typed in XYZ alternative, then they already know it's a navigational search, right? Navigational means they know where they want to go trying to persuade them not to go there just through search engine results page and, you know, a 30 um, character opening line is is not going to get the job done in the way that you may think it is. So just from a lot of accounts, competitive bidding, you won't see lead throughput, expensive brand awareness. And if you want to spend it on that, then fair enough. But there are better places to spend that money. But So number six uh, for Google Ads is landing pages are a must there is so much data behind each click um, within Google Ads that if you're just sending them to through a user experience in which people can find through your site usually or has multi-purposes for that user experience, then you're missing a trick. It's the whole relevancy. And if you can reduce the friction of how hard it is for someone to get in contact with your company or how much thought process they have to put into that, then it's always going to be less. So for example, this is a B2B, B2C example, but 
just the top of my head, if you type in red running shoes into Google and your ad says red running shoes, then you go through to the Nike homepage, the chances that people are going to get a bit confused, leave the site, hard bounce. Whereas if you have a tailored experience or for that person, which completely relates to all the information behind that click, then you can really tailor it along with some other things. So an example for us would be someone types in PPC agency, they click on a, an ad, for example, they'd go through to a page which is completely tailored to what it is they've typed in. So they typed in PPC services, then our ad says PPC services, our landing page says PPC services. If they say PPC agency, it says agency. If it says um, SaaS PPC agency, landing page says SaaS PPC agency. Just so we're completely aligned and there's no dissonance between what they're expecting to see and what they have seen. And that's just from an H1. Other things you can do is remove navigational um, options. So people, if you ever watched heat maps, will go straight to a website and click on the menu and go to the about us page and everything else. Make sure when you're doing landing pages that all the information that person needs to consume in order to get in contact is in, on that one page. And you can even test this against your um, website and have half your traffic going to your website, half your traffic going to your landing page and just see the results and always test it because there's no one size fits all. But I'm just saying from what we've seen in a lot of industries, especially ones that sell tangible products, it's ones that you can actually test that and see a lot more successful because the less options you give someone, the more likely it is they're going to take an actual option. So if you give someone 10 different options, they can go on the About Us page, go to the blog, go in case somebody's gone on the webinar, they're going to get lost in a, in a rabbit hole uh, a lot of the time. Other times you have a really concise user experience, really relevant um, signals to what it is they've typed in. And you can do that dynamically through pulling in UTM codes and then using dynamic variables on the landing page itself. And you can make it really tailored to their experience, contain all the information they need in order to make a decision. They can either leave or they can fill out a form. And then if you've got other channels like remarketing on Facebook or remarketing on LinkedIn or Reddit or Quora, as I mentioned, then we can start building up. You know, they've, they've shown intent, they've hit your landing page. If they haven't filled out a form, which we've given them the best chance to do, then we can go and hit them as other channels and start the education process of why you guys may be a good fit for them and, and what they're trying to achieve. So landing pages are a must in a lot of cases. Again, there has been some industries where we, they actually found that people go through the site and then do flow through into a lead whether they call up or fill out a form or do live chat. But a lot of the time we do see that landing pages have a much higher success rate if someone has a very specific search. And the other great thing about landing pages, we use a um, uh, Unbounce as our landing page software, is you can rapidly build these pages. You can do the dynamic variables. You can have A-B split testing. You can test the call to action quickly. And it's just quite a quick process and you can plug it into your company's domain. So if you're not doing that already, it's definitely worth um, checking that out. Cool, so number seven, Google Ads. And the God's honest truth to Google Ads in some industries is it's, it may not be the best place to start, especially with emerging markets and, and challenges and places and people trying to carve their own way into a new industry. Google, people don't even have a name for what it is that you're doing yet. There's no commercialized mainstream name. So you can use it in a, a demand gen sense and go slightly more middle funnel and try and use case studies and use cases to educate. But from a high intent perspective, people aren't typing in and there's not enough people typing in what it is that you're looking to sell. Or 
In the other hand, there is a lot of times we've seen where the B2B and B2C overlap is so similar that it's really hard to justify the high CPC for uh, customers, uh, B2C customers slipping through the net. And there's a lot of ones where B2B and B2C, you can't really differentiate. And you can do all the best you can by trying to qualify by keyword, but the volume then gets much lower. Then you try and qualify by ad, but then you're not seeing the amount of clicks from the right target audience in order to see a positive return on the back of it. So sometimes I'd say if, for example, you're in the SaaS space and you've got £100,000, marketing budget, for example, rather than just saying we need to spend us on Google ads because I hear all the time this is what works really well, go and actually do a bit of research into what would be, you know, the keyword, indicative keyword volume for what I'm going after for high intent searches. Look at what your competitors are bidding on, what look what they're ranking for organically, what's the search like. And if there's nothing, no clear path to go down for Google ads, I'd ultimately say rather than trying to capture lead gen Let's actually try and create some demand for our offering. Let's go out to our total addressable market. So say, for example, for us, that's around 30,000 marketers in the UK, uh, B2 marketers in the UK that we acknowledge as our total addressable market who we're targeting on LinkedIn. I'd rather spend my money and my time making them aware of how we structure campaigns and about how you know, we do things slightly differently in the way in which we approach B2B marketing rather than just trying to capture unlimited people that are already looking to type in or have intent for SEO agency or PPC agency or whatnot. So it's not always best spent on Google ads. And I'd say in a lot of cases for us, we've actually moved some of our spend recently away from Google ads for our own agencies, lead bound generation and put it towards LinkedIn because we've got a very defined audience. We know we can reach them on there. And we know that if we can educate them in long form video content, then that person is going to watch exactly how we work, our use cases, testimonials from our clients, the results we've achieved, the awards we've won. They've already come in and been educated on who we are. So when they fill out that form, they already know who we are. And half of our job's been done for us because we've sold them on it. Rather than someone typing in PBC agency, they get 10 different quotes and we have to fight internally for that intention and then take them through the process. So fundamentally, if it's not a numbers game in Google ads and the search volume isn't high enough, then there may be better ways for you to spend your budget. So I take a long, hard look at it and ask an agency a question, you know, is this the best place? Um, what are the indicative search volumes? Even though search volumes can be a bit hit and miss, it's a good place to start. Look at data in your search console, about how high it is, or if there's some ambiguity in it, maybe it's not the right place for you to start. Maybe it is. But again, it's case by case and it needs a lot of investigating to really decide on a strategy of your business. My final home truth, uh, number eight, is PPC Google Ads, if it's working well, then don't just leave it there. A lot of people think it's a short-term strategy to become profitable um, and then, I don't know, turn it off or reduce the spend and focus on SEO. What you should do, and the home truth here, is Google Ad works well. But if you can control the SERP, search engine result page, so you have Google ads um, and organic, then click-through rate is going to increase. You're going to control that SERP. You're going to build that credibility. Multiple studies around the fact that if you can control the Google ad and the organic, then you're going to be perceived in a much better light as, a, as an expert in the industry. And either one of them is going to achieve a higher click-through rate. And it doesn't just stop there. You can also look at for example, what other keywords in the industry um, do you want to look to rank for? So can you get on a G2 crowd, for example? Um, you're going to be there as well as you know being benchmarked against your competitors. 
can you get in a um, whatever's on that page look down there people recommending providers can you appear there can you appear three four times in the listings it's only going to build your credibility so rather than just thinking google ads getting in front of them thinking about controlling the search result page for your highest intent most profitable terms and then ultimately what you can do for google ads from an seo perspective is just take your learnings from google ads so look at your most profitable keywords look at that crm data we spoke about earlier which ones should you focus then around what keyword uh, or keyword group or silo should you be focusing your next seo campaign on because you've got the data and if it's profitable from uh, google ads then it's going to be profitable if you rank there from an seo perspective and those two working in tandem is going to really propel what it is you're looking to achieve through search results so take your learnings what are the most profitable keywords what are the most profitable themes of ads? So is there a theme, for example, which is getting really good click-through rate and a good conversion rate for your Google ads? Could you then roll that out into your meta descriptions? Could you then also take the learnings that you've taken from your landing pages for Google ads and roll them out to reduce bottlenecks in your SEO uh, flow through your website? And again, you have so much data behind the PPC ads click and the keyword data on the landing page user journey. Then you need to because you can isolate the PPC user journey. You can't so much in SEO, but you should be looking at that. You should be reviewing that and taking those learnings and rolling that out within your SEO process um, and optimizations. So final home truth, don't just let that data help you optimize Google ads, but also you know, make sure that you can uh, take that data and let it help other channels, for example, SEO. And that's everything I've got for today. I hope you've found it useful going through some of the things that we see which are misconceptions of google ads any questions feel free to hit me up on on linkedin or via email at ben at session but that's all for now and until next time have a great week